talking Toro 67. Uh, I'm here with a very smug looking Robert Gilman, who not only went on our podcast last weekend, but, uh, or last week rather, but a general podcast predicted a nil nil draw, um, predicted a pretty dour match. And that's exactly what we got. And, uh, Rob, is it, I've heard hearing rumours you were outside of Barbers in, in London trying to locate Valentino Lazzaro because he's he's trying to beat Denver Sex record for the horror player who's tra- travelled uh, furthest for a haircut or, or hair, should we say hair work uh, this season. But is there any yeah. truth? Are you, are you in London? No, no, no. I think if it was um, Bongiorno or Zapata, he might have found me. But no, um, Lazzaro um, is sort of a, a matter to escape my uh, stalking tendencies just yet. But... It just a man's got to get a haircut. It's, it's, uh, it's, some some people will go down to Rome. It's probably just as easy to get to London uh, from Turin to Rome than Barbers in Turin. When I when I used to have hair, um, <laughs> uh, it's a fine fine uh, barber in Turin who used to um, shave all my hair, hair off. But I think um, yeah, if if Lazzaro wants a buzz cut, then uh, give me a call. Yeah, yeah, I've got. There's a couple of barbers in uh, the village I live in, and it's about twelve, thirteen quid. So I reckon it'd be competitive if yeah. he wants to come over. I can, yeah. I can show, take him on a walk around. Can't play. Uh, maybe uh, not play football for a while after uh, dislocating my finger uh, at the weekend. But yeah, maybe uh, we. we can, I'm sure we will find something to do. Was that? Th- were you throwing the remote control at the? Uh... Uh, at the TV I, watching Toro. I, I wish I was just. I, I haven't been inspired by uh, Milinkovic Savic's recent run of clean sheets. I decided to go in goal, and um, yeah, it turned out it's not as easy as it looks. And uh, yeah, managed to managed to break a finger. So sounds like the when the Juventus player Emerson went in goal for in a Brazil training match before one of the World Cups and ended up missing the World Cup. So yeah, uh, don't, don't don't go in goal, mate. It's uh, yeah, yes, yeah, too talented right. to go in goal. Uh, anyway, you you are very talented. You predicted a nil-nil draw. I mean, who would have thought the team that's kept now kept ten quick clean sheets in twenty games and uh, not scored in nine of its twenty games? Uh, I guess it was a fairly uh, fairly safe bet in some senses. Um, I, I said it's yeah, it it was. Um, Bit of a suffocating match. I mean, there was a big crowd. There was a nice atmosphere. It looked good. Um, there were lots of, I guess, following on from our podcast with um, the Genoa fans. Last week, there was the Gemalaja was, it was quite clear that maybe not between the ultra groups, but certainly between the regular fans, there was a lot of um, pro Toro chanting from the Genoa end, a lot of anti collective anti Samp and anti Juve chanting. Um, uh, 2000 Toro fans in the away end. Um, for me, I think I did a tweet. It felt like there were 72 players on the pitch. It was just, there was not a lot of space. I felt tactically Genoa set up quite well in terms of um, not giving Vlasic space, um, not giving us too much space out wide in the, in the areas where we um, do, you know, do, do tend to create things. And then, Genoa themselves, yes, they carried a bit more threat than us, but I didn't. I was never really too worried about them scoring as as lively as Goodmanson was. Um, I think fair result, um, but it was clear about an hour in. I just we it was one of those matches where you looked at our bench and I didn't see any positive game changes, and um, that proved the case really. Yeah, I think it's 
it's one of those games which if we miss out on European football by a few points at the end of the season, we might look back on and think, could we have gone for a little bit more in the last 15, 20 minutes? I think some of the changes from Juric were negative, um, definitely consolidated, which probably maybe fitted in with the, with the game. If it, You did feel that if there was one team who would go on to win, it would have been Genoa, but it just needed one little moment of quality. Um in a way, probably maybe a little bit similar to the to the reverse fixture where it was just a it well was leading up to be a sort of dower nil nil before a moment of magic from from Redonjic. and I just felt yeah that maybe psychological aspect whether bringing him on for the last ten fifteen minutes would have been a, a smart move just to see what what could he potentially create some sort of opportunity from nowhere. But I mean we didn't create anything of no no shots on target you you always thought that the only way we'd have got a breakthrough was from a set piece Vlasic going off for for Tomezo was probably um Juric's way of saying that he, he was quite happy with a point and it keeps the unbeaten run going a little bit the unbeaten run of, of two games and um but yeah it, I mean it it's very, it's, it might go look out to be a, a good point. It could be be two point. I wouldn't even say two points dropped because I don't think we ever really looked like we were going to win the game. But um, just a little bit more sort of urgency would be would be something you'd expect for a team going for Europe. Well, yeah, it's it's one defeat in seven, so it's it's carrying on that run. And that defeat in Florence was probably not deserved. A point I think is good for Genoa. Um, they're fairly comfortably away from the relegation zone at the moment so it carries on um i kind of almost like a similar run for them where they've drawn quite a lot of games um few frustrations for me one was yeah the substitutions it's since we've gone to 352 um i'm not the biggest fan of radonjic or sec um but those two and karama who was injured against Genoa have barely had any minutes um, and it feels like Juric is one when we're not getting the best out of Zapata and Sanabria then the, the one change is is Pietro Pellegrini and quite frankly uh, we said it for a few weeks Pietro Pellegrini needs to move on um, I don't think he's good enough he doesn't effectively use his physicality or or is, is kind of he's pushed off the ball all of the time in two years at Toro, he's not evolved at all. Quite the opposite. Um, we get one goal a season from him. I just think, okay, go for this three-five-two. We've become a lot more solid. We've kept like a lot of those clean sheets have come since we've gone three-five-two. We went that way to become a little bit um, less sterile in one sense, but we we did have that run where we were losing games. And we went three-five-two, and then and then won at Lecce. Um, it's but if uh, on the flip side, if Zapata is is an upgrade on a- anything we've had in recent seasons, but he does one good game in four. Let's be honest, and in the other games, there's there's some good moments, some good hold up play. He kind of is a threat. Um, as a side note, that tackle he did, um, he came from nowhere to to rescue our defence for a brilliant tackle, uh, and the irony in a kind of. I kind of really um, let's say old school centre half Dario Dinelli must be Giladina's assistant at Genoa getting sent off complaining about it was was not lost on me but Zapata he doesn't you know prime Duvan were getting one game in four and you don't always know when that game's coming but I think we need to I think we need to kind of 
use him a bit more cleverly and Pietro Pellegrini is not the answer. And Antonio Sanabria is a good player when he has lots of bodies around him. There's lots of link up play. He's involved in the game when he's not involved in the game. uh, It doesn't offer very much. And that was very true in general. And I think there's a bit of evidence to say Sanabria's tended to be a better player in home matches than away matches. So he looked at those two. They weren't, it wasn't their day. And uh, yeah, as I said, Pietro Pellegrini. The frustrating thing is that Juric really seems to want to persist with this Pellegrini experiment. And um, we'll come on to the January, tra- January transfer market. But yeah, the, the, the times that Pellegrini has hit a bit of form, he's then got injured. Um, I just felt at the end of the game, he was he was jumping up and down in front of the Genoa fans. And it was just felt like, yeah, okay. You can stay in Genoa, Pietro. We'll, we'll, we'll have the, we'll keep the extra space on the bus. But um, yeah, that 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 was. Um, as I said, we'll come on to the transfer thing. And uh, well, I, was, I guess I'll make my second point and hand over to you. The, there's a lack of, um, especially in the first half. I think the second half had kind of given up on on any hope. But there's a lack of taking responsibility in this team. And by uh, taking responsibility, I mean playing a forward pass. Um, there are two players who are pick out Illich and Ritchie, uh, and I'm going to put Lazzaro in this as well. Is several times they got the ball, and whether for because of instructions, whether for lack of confidence, whether for um, not being brave enough, the pass went backwards. Um, several times when you know, we did have a forward pass on, um, and eventually the forward pass would be made. 30 seconds, 45 seconds later. It was just all very slow and ponderous. And then you mentioned Tamezi coming on and I thought actually one of it, Illich or Richie would have been pushed further forward. Um, that didn't really happen. But yeah, the football under Juric can often be that kind of textbook um, football by numbers, I'm going to call it. And our performance is very kind of painting by numbers in general. I'm not, I wasn't un- displeased with, with the point. Um, if we said we've got a relatively, on paper, easier run of fixtures, and if we can win most of them, this point in general is quite a good point. But um, yeah, just a, a kind of disappointment there in our kind of in our in our kind of bravery on the ball. I'd call it. Yeah, I think I think I'd echo all of that, and I think part of my frustration with. Uh, with Juric's substitutions is just that like for like continued. It's it's a it's a fullback for a fullback um, type approach, and obviously I know that that Caramel wasn't available, but he only seems to ever really throw on Caramel as a, a last resort in the last ten minutes just to try it and and put him in a different position rather than sort of being a, being up front and put, put him on on the wings, and and that's the sort of thing you you would like to see just something out of the ordinary, even in 10, 15 minutes. The worst case scenario, I know it would be disappointing to to go, I would much rather lose a game because you tried to win it than sort of just continue, just pick up all the, these points, because I think the reality is it probably won't be enough to to get European football. It might be good enough for 10th, which it obviously seems to be where, where Tari, Tari just want to be. But I think he you look at other teams i think there maybe it previously been maybe been a little bit more adventurous would would see that a newly promoted team away from home i think they'd almost sort of run out of gas a little bit in that last 10 minutes if you could have just done something out of the ordinary that uh, for Lazaro rather than Voivoda 
just again it just gives you that opportunity to potentially just create something out of nothing something which they're not expecting especially given your riches i think probably reputation in, within the game i think it's probably fair to say that it doesn't really like to change things too much it, it would have been a bit of a shock in it and jelly i wouldn't have expected it yeah i think it's clear from as i said since we gone three five two he either doesn't trust uh karama radonjic sick um brandon soppy's another one um and you said you only really get minutes when uh, the game's won or, um, yeah, we're having to press the, the panic button. So if we've got four or five players in our squad who the coach is not really going to play, then we need to shake things up and bring players who, even in, in Juric's eyes, can play this three-five-two system more, which bring will bring me a little bit or bring us on a little bit more to this, this transfer window. Um for me, it's incredibly frustrating um, that it's very clear what we need. In January, we need to bring in a left a left back, a left wing back, and someone to rotate with um, Zapata and Sanabria, another option there. Uh, someone to have on the bench or someone to allow Sanabria or, or, or Zapata to come off the bench as well. And nothing's happening we've got two weeks before our next match which is like the perfect period really to uh, be bringing in players um the sensation is we're not going to do anything until we sell some of the players we don't want but we're talking about players who are going to go out alone or at best we're going to get two or three million euros for so the funds must be there you've got to kind of back yourself to bring players in and be proactive it's I just worry we're going to be there on the 31st and even Juric does not seem to be, and this goes back to Juric's contract situation, Juric does not seem to be pushing for things like he was 18 months ago, two years ago. Very few players being linked. Um, we can come on to some of them soon. Um, but it's just frustrating. Fiorentina, look, look at the teams above us. Fiorentina are active, um, despite the fact they're in Saudi Arabia playing the Super Cup. And then... It's European places are for the taking this year. Roma are, are not very good. They've sacked Mourinho. I don't think Daniele De Rossi will do a particularly good job, personally. Um, that's just my sensation. I think Napoli will sack Mazzari at some point in the next six months. Um, yeah, it might be tough for us to finish above them, but they've got yeah they've got Champions League. And sometimes when these bigger teams hit hit the buffers, they hit they hit them badly. Uh, Fiorentina are on four fronts. I don't think they're. I don't think they're that much better than us. Um, they're, they're very inconsistent. Bologna are on the slide, uh, and even Lazio and Atalanta—they're they're going to be distracted by Europe. And we've we've seen this season that the the, the level of these teams isn't great. But is is it? Are we looking at it that hey, we're in tenth place? I don't think there's much threat to the tenth place uh, dream. Of maybe Monza is the only team who could send us into the bottom half of the table. It's just really frustrating, really frustrating. And um, yeah, we can talk a little bit about some of the things that might happen now. But again, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, a little bit tumbleweed. I, I, I could I could see a scenario where we don't sign anybody. I think it's probably more likely that we don't sign anybody than we sign a left wing back and a striker. Which probably is the reality of the situation. Like you say, if we didn't, we've been in um, di- more dire need, I think, for for players than we are at the moment, and 
still not signed anyone and remembering obviously replacing Alessio Cerci with Amari uh, in one summer transfer window before like it, I don't think I think that the narrative would be it, and maybe whether the Bongiorno to Milan talk which is, which is sort of happening happening today and, and uh, over the weekend whether that was sort of almost being hyped up because I don't, from my understanding of Milan's finances, I don't think they've got 40, 50 million euros to, to spend on players. Uh, maybe that's being built up to be something bigger than it is just so that the narrative can be, oh, well, we didn't sign any, but we kept Bongiorno. Um, and I think that there's pro- what we thought potentially in the summer was that the Zapata Bongiorno deals were linked and well, obviously that turned out not to be the case, but from a financial aspect, I do get the feeling that maybe we've spent more than Cairo was planning to um, over in in the summer, and and now they're sort of just trying to trying to make do. And that's like you like you say, if we do get rid of Rodonjic, we might try and get a loan in of a of a similar player. I say similar player, but a similar player in terms of earnings, where we might say Rodonjic goes off to Salernitana, we might try and get one of. Salernitana is 15 million strikers uh, to to fulfil that role and, and just trying to to fit fit these pegs in into the round holes. I don't think that is necessarily um, the best way of doing business. I think actually just going out and finding players who would fit the sister and 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 who are actually like quite good would be helpful. But I don't think that's the way that we're looking at the moment. I think if we do sign anybody, I think it will be players who are out of favour elsewhere um, and almost almost like an exchange of, of, of players who aren't getting a game for us. I mean, bear in mind that Caramo was linked to, to Burnley in the summer for sort of 10, 15 million pounds. I think we'd snap their hand off if they offered anything close to that now. Yeah, it's just, you're right, Rob. We don't we don't need to sign anyone. It won't be a surprise. But if if that is the case, if the ambition is to finish 10th again, fine. Don't sign anyone. Um, Juric, let Juric go and see out his contract and start again. I mean, Tutor Sport was so bored today that they have linked us with Vanoli, the Venezia coach. So that's even they are bored of the transfer rumours. It's just, it's two years we've been looking for a left wing back and we're, we're two weeks, what, two weeks away from the end of the window for a position that we, we really, really need to fill. And there's nothing, we, there's nothing we've been linked with. A young lad uh, from Gremio, perhaps in yeah. Brazil, who's uh, they're calling it like a Bremer type deal. In, in that, it'll be a relatively unknown player from Brazil. He could be great, but he's not going to be ready this season if we if we bring him in. Uh, Josh Doy, I wonder whether we're going to gazump Marseille again for a player after Illich last January, but he's still not gone to Marseille. But I think if we wanted to get that one over the line, we we would have done. Uh, we link with, um, I don't know if you appreciated my tweet yesterday, link with Aaron Martin, not the ex-Port Vale and Southampton <laughs> player, but uh, the one at Genoa. I, I don't like this player particularly. He's, I think he's quite he got, slow. And, uh, he, played, he played it, yeah, he played on Saturday. I think it was probably the first time I've seen him play. Yeah, he got picked up a, a yellow card and yeah, I don't think he would offer anything better than what we already he, have. He looks like a left-back to me and a kind of steady player, but... Whereas Doig, yeah, I don't profess to be a, a, an expert, but he seems like someone who has lungs, uh, a bit like Bellanova, and will get up and down and be a bit of a train down that side, which is what partly what we need anyway. Um, 
and yeah, forward wise, I'm I'm not seeing anything. I mean, it, true. Be careful what you wish for, because look, it looks like Genoa might be signing Mbai Niang and uh, Milan Juric, <laughs> two players I, I would really not want to see at Toro. I mean, they've already had Niang as well at Genoa, so if, um... yeah, I, I'd rather sign nobody than see those two come in, but. Yeah, um, uh, I think that my dream of my dream of Bolotti could be over now with De Rossi taking over at Rome. Really, might want to um, sort of keep all the players there. And, uh, dream of Bolotti was it? Was it a dream, Rob? The dream, the dream of Bolotti. But that, there's a question for you: We get rid of Pellegrini, but we sign Bolotti or keep Pellegrini um, on, on um, a on a on a footballing level. I would take it, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, it's not it's not making you don't, a massive you don't, want, you don't want a redemption story. No, I mean it's the thing with Belotti is you could see him playing off Zapata and playing has played with Snabry before. I don't know how well, but yeah, it's quite frankly, I just need a, a change from Pietro Pellegrini. <laughs> and um, would you take it? Would you take Milan Juric? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> He that might be the quickest no in the history of this podcast. I've, he couldn't. He he couldn't do the business at Bristol City. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I'll keep. I'll keep my Pietro Pellegrini at that point. But um, yeah, I don't. It's just. I mean, I, I the other thing I tweeted just there was the Gazzetta della Sport signings, outgoings, and links, and we're, we're the only team with. <laughs> I think it might be Udinese ever. Maybe it's because they get to the bottom of the in alphabetical order and they, they give up linking players with teams. But yeah, it's classic Cairo, uh, Gazzetta under Cairo's at Torino. And, and there's never any rumours. It's just, we, well, deal, we deal with facts on the transfer front anyway. Um, which, which to be honest, I, like I used to be one of those people who absolutely loved the transfer window and used to love like watching Sky Sports News on deadline day and, and sort of buying into the whole sort of Jim White yellow tie and all that rubbish but you actually as you get a little bit older and you realize how sort of manufactured and fake it is I don't actually even get that excited about transfer talk anymore like I say that like I'm quite excited when Zapata was linked in in the summer but like you there's been so many players who have been one step away from Taro that you actually, until you see it on the the official website with them holding up the shirt, you don't even don't get too excited. And I think that's the, in a way, I I, I used to I much prefer the olden days where yeah, the first you saw of a sign and there was no no transfer talk, no rumours, and yeah, the first you knew of it was it was on the the website or the Twitter account. Do you, do you, do you, do you, the other reason we should sign Josh Doy is um, I don't know. Have you seen this Torino? done a thing on social media today with the Spotify playlist. Yeah, so, uh, I, did, I did see Carol and Etty uh, being a big fan of Lewis Capaldi. It was, so is Raul Bellanova chose <laughs> they're, they're 10 songs oh, each. Do you think they've actually chosen them themselves? I, I think, it's, uh, yeah, I would have thought, I would have thought they're one of the, it's one of those kind of tasks that those players would have liked. But yeah, so four Toro players did their Spotify playlist. There's a lot of Lewis Capaldi. Um, so... Yeah, it maybe is, is the issue that we're we're going out to to Lewis Capaldi. I mean, uh, I, I like some of Lewis Capaldi's songs. I'm not knocking that, but Josh Doig, Josh Doig, as a fellow Scotsman, Josh Doig might be able to explain the lyrics. Of, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I, I mean, Lewis uh, Capaldi doesn't sing in a, a Scottish accent, so I, think, I don't think the, uh, the translation's the issue. Well, um, just, you know, he, he might be able to sing Lewis Capaldi. Yeah, yeah. it's a start. There's a whole. 
Um, but yeah, maybe we'll um, maybe that's something we'll do to uh, to honor Toro at the end of this podcast. We might link uh, our own ten songs, <laughs> see what we would have chosen had uh, had uh, Toro asked us for our opinion. <laughs> I might put, I might, I might throw some cheering in those cloudy in there as well. Right. And uh, yeah, another bit of news I saw today. Sal- Salvatore Sirigu is going to Turkey. I hadn't even realised he was at Nice. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I was. In I, thought he, I thought I thought he still had his cruciate damage from last season or, or whatever the injury he had at Fiorentina. But um, yeah, so Sal- you might get Belotti back, but you're not getting Sirigu back. So that's right. How about Rincon? I've not checked in on Thomas Rincon for a while, so um, we might have to do that. Anyway, um, we'll come off this podcast and Toro would have spent 20 million euros and someone would make, make us look very <laughs> stupid, but uh, <laughs> we put we signed Teo Hernandez as our, as our <laughs> left back. Um, we were, yeah. Toro, Toro would still find a way to make Teo Hernandez, like, <laughs> just pass inside, just every opportunity. Yeah, I... Um, yeah, on the on the on the Bon Jordan thing, that there is you're quite right. There's a lot of links there. It doesn't make sense on two levels. One, he's likely to play in the Euros for Italy this summer, and I think that's Toro sensible to wait. And we will. I don't think he'll be a Toro player next season, or or for much longer uh, if if he's there next season. But the chance of his stock rising in the Euros is quite high, and I think there'll be a natural kind of. Scher's coming back and possibly Bongiorno leaving, so I can't see it happening. And I think, it doesn't make sense in January. And I, I don't think Milan have... I mean, the talk is 10 million plus uh, Colombo, who's a forward they don't want. So, uh, yeah, the new the new Pellegri for us. Yeah, I think I think it um, I think it probably makes sense as well, like you say, to wait until the Euros and, and try and get a, a market for him from the Premier League, just in terms of the, the amount of money that they're going to spend potentially is going to be a lot higher. And even just even the players who maybe don't get a game in in, in the top top six in England would walk into our team and and then, yeah if we could do some sort of deal where they heavily subsidise those wages it, on a potential replacement makes a lot of sense. Um, say just hypothetically, say Dragusin doesn't work out at Spurs and they make a move for Bongiorno instead. Although I don't think I think he's a, a type of pace that would would uh, adapt to Postecoglou's football, but. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah, waiting waiting into a major championships where it's likely to at least feature potentially not a starter uh, makes a lot more sense. All right. Well, before we take a quick interlude and preview Cagliari, which is our next match in around ten days' time, and maybe talk about some ideas for next week's pod, do you want to challenge me with your Toropedia? Yeah. So I'm going to own up. No, I was struggling. To think of some what to find of the two thousand odd players yeah. who played for Toro. I mean, I I don't think there's as many as two thousand. Uh, I, I do like um, one of the things that obviously they do in cricket is every every player gets a number so that every player has a legacy number of, of how many times. I'd be I'd be interested to know how many players officially have played for Toro. But bear in mind, you would probably know nineteen hundred of those. Uh, it does become that. a challenge. So I did I, just out of interest. I did. Did uh, Google um, AI for AI to select me a random Toro player to see what they'd come up with? Um, I think you'd have guessed Alessia Churchy pretty easily. <laughs> that isn't okay. the player that you've got. Oh, um, damn. But this one is. I, I think I do think you'll get it. But I just thought he might he might sort of stump you a little bit. But I do think you'll get it. Uh, okay. So 
2013 to 2020, Torino, 17 appearances, zero goals. Uh, 2013 to 2014, Juve Stabia, on loan, 14 appearances, zero goals. 2014 to 2016, Perugia, on loan, 49 appearances, eight goals. 2016, Kievo, on loan, 13 appearances, zero, sorry, three appearances, zero goals. Uh, Bari, 2017, on loan, 15 appearances, one goal. Uh, 2017 to 2018, Benevento, 21 appearances, zero goals. Uh, 2020 to 2023, our friends Genoa, four appearances, zero goals. 2020, alone to Cremonese, 15 appearances, three goals. 2021, alone to Ascoli, 10 appearances, zero goals. 2021 to 2023, Como, 58 appearances and two goals. And in 2023, Onwards, Farrell Pisalo, 13 appearances, zero goals. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm so busy. I was so busy making note of the teams that I wasn't really thinking. So Torino it was 13 to 20, yeah? 17 yeah, appearances. Yeah. yeah, 13 to 20, 17 appearances. Wow, this is actually... Um, I'm sure it's not that difficult, but at the same time... Yeah, I, I feel I know this. I feel well. I, I would know this player, but I feel I do know this somewhere. But my mind's gone blank, so I'll have to give it. Give me a minute while we uh, make the transition to to, Cali- to the Cagliari preview. Um, should we play in? Um, the last time we won there was a goal from your friend, the first talking Toro player of the season, Bremer. Uh, we'll play in that goal. I will think about this Toropedia. Rob, uh, you st- might have stumped me. You used your cricket analogy earlier. This yeah, is, yeah. It's, it might be too modern for me. So, um, cool. I'll have a. Uh, it's got like big. It's not Jacopo Segre, but it's got big Jacopo Segre type vibes. Um, it will. Um, I'll have to give it some thought. But yeah, I'll see you for a little calorie preview. I'll see you in I'll see you in part two. The header flies in off Bremer and Torino take the lead. And what a lead in this relegation battle. Hello and welcome back to uh, part two of the Talking Tari podcast. Um, before the break, I um, teased Peter with a, a Torripedia, which I, he struggled with a little bit more than I think uh, I expected him to, maybe a little bit too recent. But uh, Peter, have you, uh, have you had some thinking time and do you know who it is? Yeah, when we're, when we're on off air, I kind of went through my thought process i think i have got it it was it's a tricky one because yeah a lot of clubs there so started at toro i did think first maybe a goalkeeper there's 17 appearances in seven seasons but then clearly uh scored some goals in the loan spells uh the perugia 49 and 8 threw me off a little bit um and then como 58 and 2 because i know como have had bazelli uh, one of the Gomez brothers. Um, I don't know if Nicola Boloma was there as well, but they've had a few uh, few ex-Toro players there recently. But then I remembered uh, the existence of a certain Vittorio Paragini. Is that who it is? That is correct. Yeah, well um, done. Well done. Um, it was uh, 
a, just a, a total accidental link that I've just seen um, on his Wikipedia page. He was spotted by last week's Toropedia, Silvano Benedetti. There you go. There you go. Continuity AI on this podcast. Magic. AI doing its magic. Uh, but uh, no, AI, AI wanted this to have Alessio Churchi, which I think you would have got a little well, bit quicker. Wasn't, I mean, Palagini was kind of the, what is he, kind of the Mira Fiori yeah. Alessio Churchi was. Yeah, he was a bit of a Churchy wannabe. Yeah, if you go to his style of play, it does yeah. also say early in his career, he was likened to Alessio Churchi for his movements on the pitch. There you um, go. I, the guy AI, that, yeah, yeah. I, AI, you just found the budget Alessio, the pound, pound <laughs> Alessio Churchy. That was all you I did. Just, so. I just said... Um, I just said off air as well. Like, I, uh, uh, was a player who I really, really wanted to do well for Torre just because, uh, firstly, my middle name is Victor. Uh, so I'm technically a Vittorio as well. Um, and yeah, he, I just, I you're just have... the, pa- you're just the Poundland Malinkovic Savage. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I just have a Sergei or Vanya. Um, Vanya. I, <laughs> judging by the look of your hand this week I'd say Vanya mate um, I would yeah no I, I just love players who've come through the academy and break through which I know obviously we've got Bongiorno and, and been maybe one of his biggest critics in the early stages it's almost like a player who Toro is their peak they are the sort of players who I sort of quite like to come into the academy and make and fill squad places um, would a player like Perugini or Ramu offer less to this Torre squad at the moment than Radonjic? No. Would they come on every game wanting to give it absolutely everything because Torre was the absolute peak of their career? Yeah. So it, they're the sort of players who I know, obviously, Aramu and, and Perugini both currently play in Serie B. I'm not suggesting that they are the, try, the players who try to sign in this transfer window, but don't be surprised. But I think that's an an area where Toro have missed out in future. You you will see in in other teams in the league that they do fill squad places with just local lads or players who come through the Primavera or have been at the club before and then gone off and then come back. I don't think that they would um, that would really particularly harm our squad depth. But uh, yeah, Perugini was a lot was promised. I think when he when he scored those goals at Perugia, I think he was only. 17, 18, potentially. Um, so he was very, very young and had done quite well. Um, and a lot was a lot was promised to him. And yeah, I don't think he sort of fulfilled his promise. Um, well, he, seem, he seems to have found his level in Serie B. He's not one of those players who I think of, um, there was it Sergei Suchu, the Romanian yeah. player who like very quickly ended up in Liga Pro. Uh, I mean, he seems to have found he's only 27 there's still time for him but he seems to have found you know he plays consistently in Serie B so I think there's anything um anything kind of wrong in that per se I apologies he is the um Mon Calieri uh Churchy not the Mirafuri Churchy um and yeah, he made 17 appearances in 1819, which I think must have been under Matsari. Yeah, Matsari of... seemed to really like him. Um... And uh, I think, yeah, Matsari possibly wanted to turn him into some quite a negative wing back when he was a little bit more wide player. I don't remember, I don't know, I just have a blind spot for this player. I don't remember much of those 17. I must have sat through those 17 I, appearances. I don't but th- I'd... I'd be very surprised if any of them were starts, maybe one or two potentially. Maybe I'm, I'm Did he play in a club. derby? Did he play quite predominantly in one of the derbies no i think no that would have been segrave when he got um the shirt potentially i have yeah i have a feeling um 
ah, well, we, we, we won't do this exercise now. <laughs> yeah. but Welcome maybe, to the yeah. Vittorio Perugini. This is your life podcast. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we do have a week off. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> no match to talk about per se, but yeah. Um, yeah, Perugini, one of those, I, it raises a point. Our youth team has actually been pretty good over the last decade. We've won a title, I think, a Coppa Italia got to like the final four very often and there's and they're actually and you're actually doing probably a good point to raise now we're actually doing quite well won won the derby uh, again think, yeah won yeah. the derby again in, in the uh Coppa Italia semi-finals I think um, yeah so and I think there is a little bit of promise about some of the players coming through uh a couple of them have made the bench um in recent in recent weeks as well where a bit of squad depth is missing but um yeah, yeah. It, this, it this, be... this, this is Italy, and then yeah, there's not always a lot of trust for for young players, and we haven't really seen a lot. I mean, Juric is obviously likes Junitis, who's someone who doesn't play for the youth team, but is probably younger than players in the youth team. But um, yeah, so you see somebody ever sitting on the bench occasionally, but it's a it's a kind of shame that um, that pathway. Despite yeah, we seem to be producing a good youth team, really, then to provide players for. Yeah, for Serie B careers, but Aaron Chiamagliacella, uh, who I believe plays for Italy uh, at sort of the relevant age range, has scored eight goals in sixteen games, including. But he's in the Guardian yeah. frequently in the Guardian yeah. top hundred young players in the world, which is they probably just take a sample from every country, but. Um, but okay, well, it's enough uh, talking, Paragini. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if we title a pod talking Paragini how that's going to help with the, <laughs> with, the with the hits, but um, we probably I, I've said we'll probably be back for a pod next week if Fagnati signs someone. So don't hold your breath. But Rob, you're thinking we will uh, return to a feature next week. You're going to do a little poll, and yeah. um, we'll see if anyone's keen on any of the topics. And then we we may be back for a pod next week. Um, and if we're not, we're going to do the Cagliari, a little bit of a Cagliari preview now. Uh, Cagliari do think play Frosinone away in uh, the round of fixtures this weekend. Toro aren't playing because Lazio are in Saudi Arabia for this, frankly, quite ridiculous um, Super Cup competition, which is a copy of uh, what La Liga has done. Um, and yeah, so no no game for Toro. Cagliari, Rob... Um, they're a bit meat and potatoes, aren't they? They're footballer, I think, under Ranieri. Then they're, they're uh, uh, yeah, we're ten days away, and T- Toro are probably going to sign two world class players before then. But Ranieri, Ranieri football, the team struggling. They're kind of, I guess, their headlines this season have been two pretty epic comebacks. They've only won four; they've all been at home. Two of those involved. Well, they came back from three 0 down to win four three against Frosinone. They came back from one down to beat Sassuolo two one with two goals after the ninetieth minute, and then they've also beaten Bologna and Genoa. Um, so, they, yeah, I they've mean, got their, their home records. Their recent home record is very good. They've won four of the last six, but like yeah. you say, Frosinone, Genoa, Monza, Sassuolo, Empoli, Bologna. That's quite a not the worst looking run of foam fixtures you've ever seen. No, they don't have the most exciting squad, but they seem to have a squad where the quality that they have similar level of players on the bench to starting teams. So they do have 
I guess, weirdly, some kind of depth in that way in that a lot of the players are interchangeable. They tend to throw on Pavoletti quite late on as a kind of battering ram. He is. He also scored a very late goal in Bari to get a quite, I think, quite a fortunate promotion for them as well. I think they were a bit, bit lucky to be promoted. Toro, we've only lost one of our last seven in Cagliari. Um, and in the 10 years, well, in the last 10 years, there was that, there were a couple of um, defeats where, I call it the Dolly Menga game, where Dolly Menga played his three minutes for Toro. Uh, we lost 4-3 despite equalising in the 93rd minute. And then one of my least favourite players, uh, a rational hatred, was uh, Bruno Conte? Daniele Conte. Could yeah. not stand him. And for two seasons in a row, he scored uh, like very late winners. And that's not the reason. That's not the only reason I dislike Daniele Conti. He was just, uh, uh, yeah, just just the wrong gun really on the pitch. Um, And uh, I think one of at least one of those games he should have been sent off as well. Do you know? um, So in that in that game, Ogbonna got sent off after eighty six minutes, and then Mauricio Pinilla scored the penalty. Yeah. Yeah, and somebody else came off the bench, and I'm obviously must have watched. I, I didn't remember this game, but I don't remember this happening so quickly. But then we brought on a player on 88 minutes, and he got sent off on 88 minutes. Oh, I don't like Menga came on. Was this the two one or the four three? This is the four three. So after this red card, we then we then substituted Alessio Cherchi for Dolly Menga. Okay, so we finished with nine men, and we yeah. still equalised. We, we equalised with nine men, yeah, and then lost. Um, I it was someone what was it someone like Jonathan or I think I made uh, even less games I think I may have even made a, well I think I definitely did, did make I think I, there's a YouTube compilation of this player that I I created I think, again thinking that he was going to be the next big thing um this should, this should have been the uh should have been the Taropedia. no I mean this is like a very Alan Stefanovic era but I don't think yeah. it was that he scored. He scored. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. He scored the goal to put us two one up. Uh, give me a clue. Should, should put you out in the, I'll put you out in the misery. Cause I don't think you'll get it by a clue. Abu Diop. Oh, I would not have got that in there. Uh, <laughs> how have you made a YouTube collect? What him coming off the team bus? I mean, I do not. You should have done. You should have done him as a Torabidi. <laughs> I never would have got. I, how was he sent off for? I, but that's what. That's what I mean. I you, think this. I would say Daniele Conti was involved in that sending off. I wonder if he came, or came on and there was a... And they said something, right? Oh, he's like, yeah, he's done something. Uh, I think it might have been a stray elbow, like one of those yeah. elbows he didn't mean to do in Conti. I'm pretty sure... We'll go back and find the footage. I think Conti, Conti possibly died for yeah. that. He, yeah, talking about players who've made a, made a career in um, Serie B. Uh, well, in Liga Pro, yeah. I'd be the up. He's still only 30. That makes me feel old. Um, but yeah. No, yeah, only made three appearances. So probably might might have been a little bit too harsh on um on being a, t- a Toropedia. Well, would have been a good one. Yeah. Um all right, so Cagliari, let's face it, it's is it it's a Friday evening, I think, so we don't have to wait as long for the next Toro match. Um Yeah, although I'll be I'll be in literal cathedral listening to listening to uh, Harry Potter music from an orchestra. So it sounds as fascinating as watching Toro um yeah or do I don't I don't know what's worse because it, this game we're not going to have signed anyone uh Cagliari a point will probably do them and Toro, Toro won't have the 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 energy or the know-how to break them down 
Um, Something that I didn't realise as well is how bad our goal scoring record away from home is. So we haven't scored in our last four. Yeah. Do you know who scored our last goal away from home? Uh, was it Bongiorno and Lecce? It was Illich in Monza the week after. It's okay. And then if if, if taking out if you take out Salernitana, we've scored two goals in eight games. Wow. So, so well, yeah. there's your there's your problem is just that we don't ever play with any pace or creativity. We play with midfielders who but, go backwards. But the, but, and, and... but the team is the team is essentially very very similar to the same team that we had last season where we won. Was it nine of the eighteen away games? Nine of the nineteen away games. So, yeah, it is very. But and then last season we couldn't win at home, whereas now this season we've we've beaten Atalanta and Napoli at home. So this team is is just full of sort of opposites and hypocrisy and and whatever. You just don't know what Torre is going to turn up. I'll I'll throw a name at you. I've seen Torre linked with, and this is not. Um... I don't think this player will arrive and I don't really believe the links, but I quite like this player. Is Barak from Fiorentina? Yeah. What do you think of that? I, I don't I, know where, I, I don't know how like, he would fit in. Yeah, I like the player, but you're exactly the same. I think he would, potentially the only way he would fit in would be the Vlasic role of, of almost the attacking midfielder. Um, but yeah, no, I very much like Barak, uh, Barak and I think he's been linked to Napoli as well, I think. So I'm not sure yeah. whether that would be a potential... Uh, place, but yeah, no. He, he, obviously, Juric knows him before from from Elisferno. That could be the sort of move that we make because actually, that is potentially. I know we, if we do get rid of a Radonjic, we don't have much um, sort of rotation options in terms of a more attacking player in midfield to replace Vlasic. Uh, you've got Lenetti, you've got Tomeze, but they the obviously do different things, but are more naturally defensive. Um, as a, as are Richie and Illich, so um, that's potentially something um, re- that we could look at. But again, is is Barrack going to leave the bench for Fiorentina? Leave Fiorentina the bench for Torres' bench? Yeah, I mean, it may have certain qualities that Pobega had. Um, um, it could be interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure he's necessarily what we need. Um, We'll see. And I think the other thing on Tamese, I think Tamese has been a lot better, <laughs> funny enough, when he's played in defence. He, his better games for Toro have been in defence than in midfield so far as well. So um, we'll see. My, my prediction for Cali, which I'm going to have the right, to, if we do a pod next week, to change, um, depending on on transfers. But... On the arrival of... Uh... <laughs> I, don't, I can't even think of anybody who's like potentially realistic for Toro to, to sign. Um, well, yeah, I mean, so Belotti when we signed, yeah, when we signed Belotti and Rafael Leal, then uh, I, I, I'm going for one-one. I think it's we'll probably overdue a goal on the away from home. We can't keep not scoring. But I do. I, I've just got. Torre seems to do really, really well when I don't watch games. Um, we found that at the beginning of last season when I was in Ireland, and we began the season with two, two winning off at two of the first three games. So. I'm hoping they will continue that. And at some stage, we need to start scoring goals. Like I say, Calgary aren't an amazing side. They've got a good home record, but I've had some sort of fortunate fixtures. So I'm going to go 3-1 Toro. Ooh, how many is Aaron Martin going to score? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the one who played for Vale and Southampton. Uh... He was a, yeah, he was a good player, actually. Born on the other way. Right. Okay. Get lots, get lots of knowledge on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, all right. So you're feeling you're yeah you're on a better run of predictions than me. So you're saying three one. Um, okay, I think we've we've wrapped everything up. We you'll do a little poll. Um, if there's any interest in the pod next week or a, or a feature or ideas, and actually maybe in our poll we should just put um, other and people could contribute ideas as well. So um, maybe we should just talk about kits again, Rob, because our, the podcast we've done, which has had the most listeners, was about the best Toro kits. So maybe we just talk about kits. As the pressing, as the pressing is all the effort we've ever made, the one we did on kits. Um, yeah, it's done very well. Maybe we'll just play that one again. We'll just do it again and change our mind about the kits we like best. So, um, All right, on that note, we may be back next week. We may see you after Cagliari. Um, but yeah, for Totoro. For Totoro.